Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Today we have Joseph Irvin with us. Joseph, why don't you introduce yourself? I am Joseph Irvin. Um, I have autism. It's, I have the high-functioning form of it, which also is Asperger's. Um, I have an eight-year-old daughter that actually just got diagnosed with autism, too which is also the high-functioning form of it. So that's, I guess, as an introduction, I guess that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So how old were you when you were diagnosed with autism? I was 17. Oh, okay. So a little while ago. Um, How old was your daughter when she was diagnosed with autism? Uh, Well, she was just diagnosed, like, I want to say less than two months ago. Oh, okay. So she's eight so now. eight years old, basically. Uh-huh. What's Which we, me okay. and my mom had always, you know, thought she was, despite things that she did. Um, so, you know, we went through and had the Rainbow Center up in Kansas City uh, test her and do all that type of stuff. And, well, it came out that she was. Yeah, that's great. Um, what supports do you have in place for your daughter? Uh, supports for my daughter, we do um, family counseling, um, which is a big help for me, you know, being autistic too as a parent, um, which um, my fiance goes with me to those. Um, and then she does individual, you know, uh, I want to say it's kind of like therapy, but it's more of teaching social skills, different things like that. That's what helped me um, early on when I first got diagnosed because I had no social skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I feel like that's going to help her in the end a lot is learning social skills. Yeah, definitely. As with autism, that's something we could care less about. <laughs> um, do you get any support for yourself? Um, I, uh, have a case manager at a local CDDO. Um, they help quite a bit. I do um, quite a bit of volunteer work. Um, my mom owns a nonprofit thrift store, so I volunteer for them a lot, you know, giving out food to homeless people, things like that. Um, that's pretty much my social interaction. Mm-hmm. I don't work. It's too much for me so I uh, do a lot of stuff for you know volunteer stuff helping others so that's what I do yeah that's great that's really great Um, what do you do to calm yourself when you have a meltdown well um, in the past um, I had to I would normally walk to the like the closest church, which is now is a block away, and kind of like sit in front of it and kind of just think my thoughts through is what I had to do. Um, but after all the counseling and help that I've gotten throughout the years, um, I, I'm pretty good at calming myself down just by myself. I, I know what I have to do, and it's just to leave the problem that's at hand that caused it in its area and go somewhere else. 
because um, if you stick around too long, it gets it becomes more than a meltdown than an explosion. Right. So I have to leave the situation. Right. Um, what things work for your daughter that calms her during a meltdown? That's, that's interesting because we're still working on that development. <laughs> <laughs> um, she don't really have like attitude meltdowns. She's she's more emotional. Um, so, for instance, if she can't get her shoe tied correctly, she melts down in tears that I, I'm just dumb. I, I can't do it. And so we kind of talk her through it and, you know, do that type of thing. Because um, she don't have the meanness or attitude like that. It's always tears and she can't do it. She's not smart enough. But she's super intelligent. She just puts it on herself. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Um, do you need to stick to a routine? Um, I do. I have a certain routine I stick to. I, I try to make her stick to a routine um, for the most part with her being in school and all that type of stuff. Definitely now in the summertime, it's a little bit harder because she wants to, you know, stay up a little bit later. So the routine kind of changes in the summertime. But it's a normal routine that we do each summer and then, you know, each school year. So I guess you would say, yes, we have a routine. Uh huh. That's good. Um, do you find it difficult to form friendships? For myself? Yes. I don't have, I can honestly say my entire life, I could probably select on one hand about five like friends that, didn't actually want something from me. Um, so it's very hard to figure out who's a good friend and who's not. Right. Um, which you learn that stuff by being friends with somebody over time, but pretty, if you, once you've been in that situation for a while, you learn the key telltale signs when somebody just wants something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also comes with therapy and people teaching you keys to look for and things like that. Right. How well does your daughter make friends? Um, she's had, so she's been in school three to four years and she's had the same two friends her whole time in school. Um, one of them's a church friend, and then the other one is an off—I want to say off and on friend, because every now and then it's—it's it's about your how popular you are, and like I've always preached to my daughter, it's—it's it's not about how popular you are; it's making the right decisions. Popularity ain't gonna get you through life, and so that's kind of how I go about that situation. Of course, I tell her you don't. I could not be friends because somebody's popular or not. Just you don't treat them like crap, you know, because they are or aren't. Which, right. you know, that's kind of how she's doing things now. But her one church friend, they go to church every Wednesday and Sunday and see each other and then at school. So then they do the birthday parties and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, what are your hobbies or special interests? Hobbies and special interest. Well, I play a lot of video games. I've been doing that for, well, 
since I was a little bitty kid. <laughs> um, but like, I wouldn't even consider it a hobby or special. My interest in hobby is helping everybody else that has autism. That's my goal. And it, I think it became a goal after I had my daughter because it took more to realize what it takes to help those people when you have your own child that has it. Um, and that's my big key is anybody that needs help I, that has it, I always help them. Whether it's a parent that don't have it, has a kid that does, I always give as much as advice or that help me or help my mom with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that, great. That's pretty much my passion is helping others that's been going through the stuff I went through or has someone doing that. Yeah, that's really nice of you. Um, does your daughter... Daughty... Like giving back to everybody that helped me is a good thing. Right. Right, that is great. Does your daughter have any special interests or hobbies? Um, well, she loves swimming. In the summer months, you can't get her out of the pool. <laughs> um, and I told her, since it's, you know, hot outside, you need to wear sunscreen. She don't like sunscreen. So, well, that that's a problem. But uh, she likes to play games. Um, she watches um, the kids' version of YouTube. So she learns from what other people are posting, which is it's scary for me because I'm hoping they're not posting stuff bad. So I kind of go back and watch some of the videos she watches, which most of it's on toys. She's big into church. That's um, something I'm proud of for her is her big hobby and interest is church. Um, she talks about it all the time. She'll always ask questions, you know, what did, what does this verse mean in the Bible? And, you know, things like that. And so I, I get some personal time to sit down and explain that stuff. Cause my, my fiance wasn't big into church and I was, so it gives me some more one-on-one time with my daughter. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you have any advice for families with autistic loved ones? Um, I think the biggest advice I can I can give um, is to, it's kind of hard to say to parents because like my mom said it was so hard to respect your space but you have to do it to limit the meltdowns until you get the help that the you know the person needs um, that was the big problem because I've Growing up, I was I had an abusive dad, so and he wouldn't respect my space, which caused more fights, um, abusive behaviors, and, and things like that. Um, and I really think respecting the space until they can figure out who they are and the way they think that could limit a lot of problems within you know family type interactions. Um, because at that time, until you get the help, you want others to, you know, look at you like you're one of them instead of, well, you're always doing something wrong, and that's how we take it. Mm. Yeah. For instance, it's 
there's a book um, that my mom read that, and it was talking about a dad that kept telling his son he need to change his socks. And finally, his son looks at him and goes, "Do you have anything better to do than to worry about my socks?" <laughs> it's an autism book my mom read, and it's looking for humor and autism is the name of it and it's just a great book um because we everything that you look at on somebody when they're autistic have autistic is a problem and they look at you like well it's not a problem it's your problem not mine right because i don't think outside the box mm-hmm. mm. so the biggest advice is you know read about autism if they have it or if you think they have it so you can learn to help them before you just try to jump in not knowing anything right that's because it's very very in-depth and difficult it's not an easy task right um anything else you'd like to add before we close so much for being on our show not a problem thank you that's it for this episode until next time